0: guys hello welcome to ed arlene spirit cast if you're new to this podcast we talk about all things related to mindfulness magic astrology tarot reiki anything in that realm today we have another amazing guest it's actually dan he's already been on our podcast before and um we're really excited about this episode our intro is not our normal intro though he's going to do a crystal reading for us uh but before he does it do you want to tell them where they can find us at
1: so you can follow us over on twitter at EdPro_PGH. underscore we tweet a lot You can follow us on Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, Facebook, at Ed Arlene. You can follow us on YouTube where we post reiki-infused videos almost every single day. And you can subscribe and like to get that. And then, if you like what we do, you can become a patron over on Patreon. And we also send reiki out to everybody on our email list once a month. And that's also linked down below if you want to sign up for that.
0: All right. Let's get into the reading. Okay.
2: All right, first things first, I've got to light my candle. So, may the powers that were, that are, and that will be be with us. Okay, now I've got my labradorite compass. So, we're going to do a general reading for the collective. So, I'm going to pick out five stones one, two, Four. Five. Ooh. <laughs> all right. So black tourmaline has landed in the center. The center is the general message that it all kind of all the other messages stem from. Black tourmaline tourmaline is a major protective stone. So I'm guessing that the collective has got to be kind of shored up with their protection because a lot's probably coming. <laughs> oh geez. So black tourmaline in your center also says that you have um that we as a collective are finding that we The people need to see us in a practical and reliable way. So that probably says um, something that, you know, our abilities are needed right now, um, especially with protection from what's going on and what's about to happen. Um, It is also pointed into the South. The South direction is associated with talents um, and success Um, And persistence. So pointing into the South, uh, it is time to consolidate your plans for the future in a practical and realistic way. So not only do people need to see us and understand us in a practical and reliable way, but we also need to focus our plan and energy for the future in a practical and realistic way. That's pretty synchronicity right there. Let's go over to the Southeast, which we have Emerald. Southeast is associated with all aspects of wealth. So that can be money, that can be self worth, um, anything that you put your time, energy into, and what comes of it. Uh, We have Emerald. Emerald in the Southeast is saying to, in its off the board, which means it's coming in the future. So with all this protecting and people need to see us in a practical way, we also um, need to make sure that what we do for others and ourselves is truly appreciated and recognized. So don't let people take advantage of what you're doing, um, all this protection work. We've got blue lace agate in the north. The north is talking about talents, um, which create a flowering personal potential. So what could come of the future with blue lace in the north is security and safety. So that's dead on in the center. So our through our talents will come security and safety. The northwest and the North, we have sunstone, which is the Masculine Stone, which is also the Luck Stone. So in the Northwest, that covers social interactions, the situations in which we want to try and help others. And again, the North is talent. So we will have much luck in the talent of helping and talking to others. Um, and then lastly, we have Amber. Amber is in the West and the Southwest. West is your physical body. So Amber is telling us about our physical bodies that we might have a large myriad of ideas or energies or projects that we're working on right now. And it says to keep a note of each one so you can review them in quieter times. So we must take quieter times to look at what every project is that we're doing right now spiritually and emotionally um southwest covers all aspects of relationships um, especially those that we are emotionally tied to um so amber in the southwest is telling us that as far as our emotional attachments go to others over intellectualizing can lead to disagreements when emotions are not considered when you're talking with people that you're emotionally connected to um don't overthink a lot of stuff that cause disagreements, consider their emotions and consider your own. So it sounds like a lot of goodness in the future, but currently focusing on projects and double checking and reassuring that it's all correct and safely protected.
0: Yay. Yay! (laughs) All right. I just want to take a quick moment to invite everyone listening to check out our shop at eddarlene.com. If you like what we do, it is one of the most simple ways to support us. Plus, you will get some sweet, sweet handcrafted goods like our amazing 100% soy candles, which also come in our energy kits, such as Moonchild and Let That Shit Go. If you love our quotes, we have them available for print in a variety of formats. And of course, there's our book pre-orders, and it is also the best place to go if you would like to book a Reiki session with us. All this can be found at eddarlene.com and linked in the show notes. All right, guys, we're back, and um, today we have Dan back on our show, and the theme of this episode is about um, like self-discovery, self-acceptance, and um, basically like the power you find whenever you start like loving and embracing who you are. So, Dan, why don't you, um, you can introduce yourself for anybody who's new, if they haven't listened to your previous episodes, that was a while ago. He's like, we like to joke that he's a crystal intuitive, yeah. <laughs> but he's expanded since that episode, with his magical practices um which is pretty amazing and yes yeah, so do you want to tell them a little bit about yourself before we get into your story
2: hello i'm dan <laughs> i into crystals now and candle magic earth magic um light love and happiness and sending out good vibes
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, let's start with your spiritual journey. Like, what got you to where you're at today?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, I would kind of say it's, like, where, what got me back to where I was when I was born,
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know? Um, you know, when I was a kid, I was very much into, like, love and spirits and goodness and kind of saw love and light in everything. Um, But I grew up in an extremely religious home and I, you know, as you get older, doubt and whatnot can kind of take over and people make you doubt yourself and your self-love and your self-worth and it's a journey to get back to that as you get older.
1: Do you have an extremely religious background?
2: Yeah. So the type of religion I grew up in was born again Christian, which, uh, is like a very, very tight, small kind of sect of Christianity. Um, My husband described it as, uh, you know when we go to your family reunion and your Catholic cousins are all there and they're smoking and drinking and swearing? He goes, that's what normal people think when you say you're a Christian. And he was like, you know, your family and your friends from your church is something I've never seen, but I've only heard of. Mm So. It's a very intense, literal take on the Bible. Like, whatever the Bible says, like, that's truth. And that's the only thing that you can ground yourself on and live accordingly to. Mm -hmm. So, growing up in that and being gay was quite interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To (laughs) say the least.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The whole journey with being gay was quite interesting, too. Um, People started calling me gay at a pretty young age, and I didn't believe it so it wasn't until i got older that i understood that it was what it was
0: yeah i mean that's so interesting because i actually was like reading an article about the idea that everything that is something that somebody tells us about ourselves you know what i mean like you are who you are until somebody tells you something about yourself like until somebody says you're this or you're that and then you take that in and it goes into your consciousness and you start you know, do what you will with it. Like, you accept it or you don't accept it or whatever it is. So, like, you think you... We'll use, like, um, beauty for an example. Like, everybody... Nobody thinks that they're unattractive until somebody makes them feel unattractive or tells them that they're unattractive. And then either they can choose to be, like, no, I'm not, or they could cho- choose to, you know, go down this, like, horrible, you know, self-hating rabbit hole. You know what I mean? So it's, like, interesting that you say, like, You know, as a child, you just were you until somebody started telling you about yourself. And then, you know, then what happened after that? You know what I mean?
2: Well, I used to always say, like, you know, if somebody didn't teach you to brush your teeth and tell you that you teeth, you would never brush your teeth because you wouldn't know that it was a thing that you had to do. Yeah. As a little young, you know, boy, physical, filled with lots of feminine energy. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was confusing and, and somewhat disturbing for some adults that were born into a society that was very masculine, feminine, either or, nothing in between. So, I mean, at six years old, you know, my sister's best friend's mother would, I'd go to her house and she'd babysit me and she would tell me to not stand a certain way, stop moving my hands when I talk, quit talking like a girl, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, It just snowballed year after year in school, you know, and then on top of it, I did ballet and it was just like this whole constant conflict of being in a male body with lots of feminine energy, disturbed people just because it was. And uh, so that's why I said in the beginning, like, it's a journey for me to return to my natural state all of the stuff in the religion and the things people said over the years that kind of changed me and get back to just simply being divinely born, existing the way that I naturally was created. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love that. It's the undoing. You're yeah. undoing years and years and years of projections mm-hmm. to get back to who you really are.
0: I believe everybody's born perfect. You know what I mean? It's always mind-blowing how we can like instill in children that they're not whenever in fact you are born perfect because the divine doesn't make mistakes like if you ascribe to the divine not making mistakes then how can you tell somebody that their existence and the way they live is a mistake you know what I mean? yeah if it's not hurting anybody of course yeah <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> obviously if you're like a serial killer or something like...
2: right <laughs> and there's so many factors with like religion with that too i mean you know step one in Christianity is the fear of God, like to be afraid of God and Mm -hmm. everyone's born with sin. And it wasn't until like later it was. So eventually as I got older, it became like two different lives. I had my gay life with my friends at the club where I didn't really have any like strife, you know? And then there was like the church life. So I'd be dancing at the club on Saturday and singing in church on Sunday. And it was just like up, down, up, down, up, down, Mm -hmm. up, down. No like middle. And um it wasn't until like later that I started to actually like look into why the Bible says what it says about being gay. And I had to research all the way down to like the Latin. And the word that translates in Latin to homosexuality in the Bible, I forget the exact spelling, but it's like arkans something like that. A-E-R-K-N-O-S-L, something like that. Anyway, the original Latin word talks about um like child molestation
3: Mm. So,
2: way back in the day altar boys were a thing we're talking thousands of years ago and priests would have sex with them to absolve the priest of their sin and this was like pre-Jesus pre-christianity this was just like what they did because you had to transfer your sin to something innocent for you to then be sinless it was like kind of sacrificing a lamb it's really Mm. but um anyway as the Bible evolved, they turned that word, which meant an adult man transferring his sin to a young child, uh, into homosexuality. And those are not the same thing. The Bible actually doesn't say anything about homosexuality. Um, even where it says man shouldn't lie with another man, that word, that Latin word, is there in the original text. So it's talking about, again, an adult man lying with a child to absolve him of their sin. And so that got the whole ball rolling. Like, well, what does the Bible even really say? Because if you look at all the translations, it's different translation after translation. So if we're going to base our entire life off of what this book says, what does it actually say? I brought that question to my parents and people in the church. And I mean, they just thought I was filled with Satan and living the gay life. And this is what happens when you question and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and. Then I just started living my life out loud and ended up getting kicked out of the youth group and kicked off the worship team. And, you know, I never looked back.
0: <laughs> how um, how would you say your relationship was with, like, your own personal spirituality prior to deciding that you wanted to, like, take a change? Like, was that a long process, like, whenever you started researching the Bible more or um like how did it how did it play out for you
2: so um i definitely always had the what i learned in church spirituality mm-hmm. i had this i always 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 had this sort of great sense of self um like worth or like survivorship sort of thing you know, like being bullied or whatever, and you get down and stuff. And there were just certain songs or moments I would take and always kind of like gas myself up to be okay. So I don't know. It, it, there were definitely two different spiritual paths happening at the same time. One was natural into me, and one was like what I was taught. And the one that was taught kind of felt like like just slapping myself with a book. And mm-hmm. the other it just came naturally. So, like, I remember specifically one time I was, like, really depressed about my situation. And I was was probably, like, 13. So, it was, like, I was starting to realize that, like, what I felt versus what people said was, like, there was a split. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't what people said about me. Anyways, and it was, like, winter. And I went to the park. And I was, like, listening to all this, like, music about loving yourself and stuff. And I started drawing in the snow. And, like, I wrote my name. And I drew the symbol and I drew a heart and I laid on top of it and stared up at the sky and I remember thinking to myself like I felt like that was a very divine moment because I wasn't thinking about like what I'd been taught I was just like spiritually feeling what I was feeling and doing what I was doing and it came naturally and after that moment it was just like wonderful and I've had a lot of those different types of moments as I'm sure everybody does but Certain ones really stick out in my mind on a spiritual journey of how I got to where I was going. The ability that I have now, I've had all along, it was just buried.
0: That's, that's cool because like, I think everybody has the divine within us like already like naturally. And we have this natural intuitive guidance as well. So we can either choose to suppress it or listen to it. And it seems like you had these moments where you were just allowing that na- innate wisdom within you to come to the surface. Or you were kind of letting your intuitive self guide you, um, which is often, you know, associated with your heart and your heart center. Mm-hmm. So it seems like those moments, like when you said you did a heart, you were coming from this like self love moment. It seems like you were just kind of like going into that place. I
1: love how you mentioned the music and how <clears throat> music helped you, mm-hmm. you know, gas yourself up and to feel better. And I, when we we talked about this a long time ago, but like Archangel Sandalphon works through music. So I feel like you probably had a really strong connection with Archangel Sandalfon going throughout all this. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, God. I, 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 in a sense, leaned on him more than anything. If you had looked through my playlists back in the day, they were, like, happy, sad, um, you know, mad. Like, it was all an emotion. And with, like, religion and the way that we believed in it, like, you were supposed to be completely devoid of self. Like, you were supposed to, quote, die to self and then accept Jesus, and then Jesus lived in you, and that was it. And so you weren't allowed, I mean, you were allowed, but like your emotion, you were never taught to trust your own emotions. For the longest time, I would express my emotions through music. So if I felt sad, I wouldn't just sit there and be sad. I had to play this one Mariah Carey song and cry during it. And that's how I like expressed my emotions which is was was like an extremely healing thing and it's funny I used to always like run a bath and light some candles and play some music and I do that now in a, in like a witchy sense but like you know I've read so many times about how important baths are to like witches or spiritual people and stuff and I'm like I was doing that shit all along and didn't know it you know
0: <laughs> that's funny yeah that was really funny oh wow
2: <laughs> so after I kind of let go of some of the religion like the man-made man religion the form of the bible that it's in now i i i always you know have been sort of spiritual but i really leaned into the spiritual community um you know following you guys that helped me awaken a lot um i always joke like it started with houseplants (laughs) got really into houseplants i think i needed to be surrounded by life you know, and, and that sort of energy. And then it turned into, you know, essential oils. So crystals really helped me as an organizing tool, you know, all the different shapes, all the different colors, what all they mean, because after letting go of the religion sort of thing and accepting myself, which took years, um, and, you know, meeting my husband, he helped me and everything stand up for myself and whatnot. I felt very, uh, just kind of, not lost, but sort of just like I had lived in this tiny little spiritual box and the gates were blown wide open. And here I was at the precipice of the universe. And it was just like, I could have believed anything had you told me it, you know, because I had lived in this bubble. Mm -hmm. So crystals really were the huge one that helped me organize. It was almost like the playlists and the music. Like if I was sad, I'd look at my crystals and I'd pick up smoky quartz and I'd hold it and I'd Google smoky quartz and I'd read about it and then I'd meditate on it and it'd help heal that part of me or whatever. And so um yeah, I've leaned on crystals really hardcore. But for years it was all like definitely self-healing. I didn't do much outward. Now I'm doing more outward stuff, like you know if somebody's sick i'll do a candle healing spell or if somebody's whatever needs some luck i'll send them a kit like i really honed my skills and now i can use them to help others instead of just myself
0: <laughs> wow yeah i always like, like talk about that like the idea of going within for yourself and then once you're able to find that place of like self love and acceptance you can expand it outward that's why like self love is so important you know and I feel like like society's really conditions us to like feel like we don't matter, or that we're not valid, or you know whatever. Or
1: well, that something's always wrong.
0: Something's always wrong. So how can you help anybody if you're not even where you're you need to like be? You know, um, right? But once you get there, you can do a lot with it for sure. Right.
2: You're too big. You're too dark. You're too feminine. You're too this. You're too that. You know, you, you step outside the church telling you that you're imperfect and you step into a society that finds every fault they can about you and so i i'm just on this major 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 self-love thing right you mm-hmm. know positivity you know black lives matter all of it you know whatever <laughs> come mm-hmm. as you as they say at church but then you come as you are and then they don't like you
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i that like, contradicts us so much um i remember too like speaking of like just going to your house and then there you were getting like more and more plants and then i remember like you were pulling out essential oils more and more and then you started doing a lot of like crystal stuff and i remember before we like started talking and getting more involved with like witchcraft and stuff like that as like a friend group i remember talking to my sister and going i think he is a witch <laughs> we tell him this
1: <laughs> and we said okay well let's give him an obsidian and see what happens let's see what he says about <laughs> <Yeah. this." laughs> it
2: was like the the match that lit the fire with crystals though
1: yeah but we had multiple conversations like but, we think he's a witch we think he's a, a green witch it appears so Oh, there's another
0: indication
1: <laughs> I, okay
0: like i just remember us like trying to figure out how to like talk to you about it but knowing your like background like we weren't we didn't want to like you know Right. Didn't want to overstep. Shake shake the potter. Shake it too hard because
1: we didn't know where you stood with the witchcraft. And like, I'll never forget, our our friend listens to this. um, But when we started using crystals years and years and years ago, she thought that they were satanic. Mm. And, uh, you know, tools of the devil or whatever. And it was bad. And... I'm glad that whole narrative's in. but
0: a lot of people felt that way too. You know, back a lot when she believed that, a lot, um, like a lot of people thought tarot was bad. Um, you know, the whole thing. You well, you do know you were part yeah. of the Oh, uh,
2: my parents used to say like, "Oh, if you be a pentagram, run." So, like when, I, even when I started some of this stuff in the beginning, I, there were moments where I was like, "Am I worshiping the devil?" You know, like all that old stuff would come up and. I can happily say that now it doesn't anymore ever. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was going to talk about next was like the power of um, like letting go and acceptance. Um, Because you guys know, I used to sit down and talk to you for an hour and a half every time we hung out about my journey. And (laughs) um, that's all great. But I was trying to pinpoint the point in which I wasn't as affected by it and living like in it anymore. And it was like this, I know it's going to sound funny, but tidying up with Marie Kondo, she has this uh, concept for people that are hoarders. So, I mean, there's people that physically hoard, and then there's people that emotionally and spiritually hoard. And um, it's that you take an item and you thank it for what it's done for you, what it is, the emotion it makes you feel, and then you let it go, you know, if it's something that's just shoved in your closet. So I had all this emotional, spiritual hoarding. And I was true. That was like the real healing was okay, this happened, this amount of time you spent on that. And maybe not thanking it, but accepting it and then letting it go. It's not currently affecting me, it's not currently part of my existence it's it's a closed chapter in a book on a shelf that if i want to i can get out and read it as a history lesson but it's not in my present moment and you know that's part of the magic that everybody has in in creating their own universe is every moment is a chance for you to create whatever it is you want
0: one thing too is like a lot of times people who have like traumatic experiences with religion they'll go the opposite and lose lose their faith which you know i think all paths are valid so mm-hmm. that's how it shakes out that's fine but i think it's interesting that you ended up finding your own path and kind of like stronger connection almost with the divine you know talking and stuff you're not blaming like jesus or you know whatever it's you know, I
2: don't know everything. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the Bible says this, so you're wrong. I, I, that, that has no, um, what's the word, like meekness to it at all. Like when I approach the divine or something, I'm in like full respect and like meekness, to the, like admiring their divine power and not saying like, oh, I know, so you're whatever, whatever.
1: That is is saying something, because a lot of people who do end up leaving a religion or detaching, they do end up, you know, swearing it all off, swearing off God or everything. All major
0: religions. All major
1: religions, and demonizing it as all Mm -hmm. being corrupt and evil. Mm
2: -hmm. For me, it just changed, you know. I mean, I sometimes still pray to Jesus, you know, but Mm I I call God the Great Spirit, and I Mm -hmm. think that um, comes from Native American culture. I read it online, and I just really liked that name, you know, you're just saying the great spirit. And I feel like that encompasses the divine masculine the divine feminine and everything in between, you know, and I think just being born the way that I was with all this feminine energy in a male body, that it was always going to be part of my journey. And I was just telling my husband the other day, we were on the couch and, um, I forget we were talking about something masculine and I said, in the next life, I want to come back as a female we were joking about it and i said i'm enjoying this male body but spiritually and emotionally i'm neither or i'm just the spirit in this brain operating this body that happens to be male sure scientifically or whatever looking at me the body is male but inside it is i guess non-binary i wouldn't say it's just feminine either it's just mm-hmm. divine energy <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well i think that's how everybody is you know yeah. It's just which one you're connecting with more. And it seems like a societal construct to tell people what, you know, how they should act, how they should be, and then attribute things to gender. Like, oh, girls wear pink, boys wear blue. Instead of just letting people just kind of live and just be happy and figure it out on their own. See,
1: I think it's changing.
0: No, it's definitely changing. I oh. think our generation, for sure, um, the kids, like our kids are going to have a much easier go of, of that, like, sense of identity,
1: you know? Because well, I was reflecting with you the other day. I'm like, I'm glad we're getting to a point in society where you don't have, like, for me, like, I'm a girl, I'm a woman, but I don't have to always dress super feminine to feel attractive. And it's nice now that, like, I could post a selfie in my story and then get, uh, you know, in a hoodie and, like, sweatpants and still get, oh, wow, you're so pretty and all that without having to have my full face of makeup on or, you know, have my skin showing, have my tits out, like, what whatever i'm glad we're getting to a point now where it's people like you for you and it's not always about how you look
2: right and society just tries to like shrink you i mean it is it's getting better but you know if you know if you're whatever if you're a man you have to do this if you're a woman you have to do this if you're blah 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 and um it's like that's what that's such a shrinking small way to live and i've always been interested in the quote more feminine things i mean I started doing ballet at five and it was like my parents and I get that they were trying to protect me and even friends, parents, whatever. It was like a big secret. Nobody knew for years that I did ballet because I was a boy. And when I would go to class, like the teachers would talk about how amazing it was to have a boy in the class because you, like, if, you can never get a boy to do ballet. But there are boys that do ballet. And it's like, it's so weird. You put on a shirt, you put on tights, you put on dance shoes, you go in a room, they play music and you move your body. And because you're physically male, that's strange (laughs) or unheard of, you know, and then I went to beauty school and wanted to be a hairdresser and I got tortured. I went to Votech by all the boys at that school for being a boy doing hair. It's like. I can't physically move my fingers to operate scissors and a comb because that's an innately feminine thing. It's like to me now looking back at it, it's like how stupid
3: yeah. it.
2: I'm just a body moving my hands with scissors and a comb. That has nothing to do with gender.
1: It is ridiculous. <laughs> like you know, toxic masculinity is just suppressed feminine energy, mm-hmm.
2: um,
3: you know?
1: Awesome. And that was a huge component mm-hmm in the 90s and early 2000s where people think it was cool to put someone else down for their orientation or whatever Mm -hmm. like that whole culture
2: it's definitely extra weird whenever it just comes naturally to you you're just being yourself and doing this that you like yeah every angle of every day people are telling you that you're weird and wrong it's like but i'm just doing what i feel
0: yeah oh that's so crazy That's crazy to think about. It's funny, too, because like, we don't even think about how the impact that has on the person who is just living their life, because you're not the only person who's had those experiences. So like, you know, then you have that in your consciousness constantly, like, is something that I like gonna make people make fun of me or put me down in some way? Like, how many other people are having those experiences, too? It's kind of, like, up to us as a society to decide that that's not right, you Yeah. know? Like, it's not okay to... Especially children. A lot of this stuff happens to people when they're really young, It's you know, it seems. When I was a kid, and I didn't realize... I realize this now, how important it was that the whoever made the decision to do this did it. But we had... In elementary school, we had um, the boys' side and the girls' side for, like to play I don't know why they separated us by gender but they did and I had a friend who he you know he's gay now he like does drag and he was always like that though and we were really little we were really young and they let him play on the girl side and no one thought it was weird like nobody none of the kids did because when you're a kid you don't know like the ideas of gender and stuff like that, unless an well, adult's telling you.
1: That that school did break the rules, though, because I was able to go on your breaks and everything with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they let this little
0: boy yeah. who, That's you good. know, felt more comfortable with the girls, who wanted to sit and play Barbies with us. We all loved him. You know, we were all, you know, yeah, you had the, the bonbon lip gloss and all that stuff. Like, we were doing all that. Like, he was one of the girls. The body glitter, yeah. Yeah, and we never thought it was never like nobody ever complained about it no one ever thought it was weird and the teachers did it on purpose so whoever made that decision was like extra earth (laughs) angel yeah because that probably like he you know how did that help him like how did it help him growing up you know that
2: falls under the umbrella of society getting over gender Mm -hmm. gay marriage, for example, you can look at it as like the, the, the thing that we're getting over is gay marriage. No, the thing that we're getting over is gender mm-hmm. Gay marriage falls under the getting over gender because you no longer care that there's two grooms or two brides or mm-hmm. whatever, because the gender of those people doesn't matter. They can get married. Yeah. Like the boys, the boy can play with the girls. The girl can play football, like all this stupid blue and pink, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, society getting over gender yeah huge step forward
0: Mm -hmm. you know as we get more like you know evolved spiritually we start accepting ourselves and others easier too because our core belief systems are not ones of like oppression they're ones of love and like you know if you're of love then of course you're not going to want to see somebody upset over something as trivial as wanting to go to beauty school (laughs) you know
1: what i mean we were talking to ronnie i don't think that we were able to record what she said about um, like when she was younger, as a kid and she was getting um, like reprimanded for doing something wrong. And for some reason, like the instinct of some people is to hurt a child. But the kid, you know, she stopped and was like, "What did I do wrong? Can yeah. you tell me what I did wrong so I can fix it and not do it again?" Yeah. So why are people so quick to want to punish a child or reprimand a child when they don't know any better? Mm-hmm. So if we all, you know, for everybody, anybody listening listen to this, like, if you move forward and, like, see that, like, this is a five-year-old, how can you expect a five-year-old not to mess up and yeah. spill a cup of water or make a mess? Why is your first instinct to hurt them? Mm-hmm. Why can't you just teach them? Like, yeah. don't do that again. It's dangerous, you know, don't do that. I think you, do that
2: people are afraid of different,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. They're
2: afraid to face something that tells them that they have to accept something different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Little boy filled with feminine energy, and you're like, I need to fix that, instead of mm-hmm. just letting it be, or whatever. Conversion therapy!
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: terrifying. You went to conversion therapy twice, right?
2: Yeah, worst five months, both times of my life. But, you know, I wanted to go, because I sort of came out to my parents-ish, but it wasn't like hey i'm gay like accept it i was like i have this problem and i can't fix it because again with the whole like two tooth- teeth brushing thing like if i didn't know to brush my teeth if like, somebody didn't teach me i never would i had never heard of gay so mm-hmm. i didn't even know that that was an option i had only ever seen bell with the beast and jasmine with aladdin i had never even heard of gay until like sixth grade i think somebody brought up will and grace And they were like, yeah, two boys, like, whatever, whatever. But, like, I had felt that sort of um, pull to masculinity, like, watching movies and stuff. And I had a crush on Matthew Lawrence from Boy Meets World in, like, fifth grade. (laughs) But it wasn't like, oh, I have an attraction to him. It was like this weird, I find him attractive, but I don't know why, because I had never heard of it,
3: Mm -hmm. sort
2: of. So, yeah, conversion therapy. So when I came out, I was like, oh, how do I fix this? Mm -hmm. My church had this class, which was like real secret secret um, on Mondays where you would go for four hours a week for like five months straight. It was sexual healing was what it was. So you would show up and you would talk about like whatever your ish was. And you would sing worship songs and then have a lesson and then you'd break into these small groups and they make you stand up on the first day and tell you what your thing is. And I just stood up and was like, well, I'm, you know, Daniel, I'm 17 years old and I am gay. And like, that was the first time I had ever said I'm gay with a conversion therapy out loud. Oh, <laughs> wow. gosh. Wow. And sweating and feeling weird. And I was in this room full of people who had all kinds of other really, you know, damaging issues that they were trying to fix and i just remember thinking to myself like i'm trying to fix this but this is like my thing is like much smaller than what other people are talking about but um yeah i went once and it didn't work and then the second time i went back but i would have these huge moments like at the end of the first time that i did it i like wrote this poem about how god changed me and i was no longer gay and blah 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 and i'd spend like two months living in that and then it would just come right back and it was just mm-hmm. full out 100 percent denial
1: mm. <laughs> i remember um so we've known you for a very long time and <laughs> i used to go hang out with you guys and do you wouldn't be there I'm like oh dan's on his weird thing again <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, straight. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. but you would have these periods where you would like not hang out. Like you said, like it'd be like a couple months, and then you'd be back, and we're like, okay, <laughs> just something he's going through. It's fine. Like we didn't even like battle lash. Actually, now that I think about it, well, I don't think
1: it, we didn't know the severity of it all. No, we didn't or know what
0: we were you were doing. Either. Like guys
2: about the religion at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like it's like at the beginning when you said like you you were religious. We just thought it was oh you went to church every Sunday mm-hmm. and that was it. We didn't know the gravity of this religious cult that you were raised in. And
2: oh, it was a hundred percent a cult.
1: A hundred percent a cult. And I always like off the you know, off podcast, like you're one of the strongest people that we know because you were able to persevere mm-hmm. such negative programming to become as amazing individual that you are now. And that's strength, true strength.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you.
1: Well, you know this, you, you've you helped me through a hard, hard times mm-hmm. in my life. And it's a blessing. Yeah. I'm going to cry. I'm like,
2: Aww.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying like, we're yeah. lucky to have our friends be our family and you are our family. Yeah, like, I need that healing. <laughs> and to know that we all struggle in some ways and we're all going to help yeah. each other is beautiful. Yeah.
2: You know, not that you like have to go through some giant life struggle to like understand people, but I feel like, when you're pulled to a spiritual and emotional depths where you're, you know, facing ending it all, or you're facing, you know, riding in the snow because so and so tells you your X, Y, and Z and all this stuff, it just stretches your capacity of like spiritual and emotional understanding. And not to take it back to me, but like, I just that's like one of my favorite things to do in life is like take this whole situation i went through and like bring it to other people and like look them in the face and be like i you know it's not the same exact thing but like i understand you and like let's like talk about it and how can i help and here's a crystal that helped me and this is what it does and you know maybe try this oil and you know yeah he's a boy fuck him he's an asshole
0: yeah yeah Yeah, that's, like, a part of, like, the healing journey. Like I said before, like, once you're able to heal, often we naturally start sharing that with others. So it's, like, once you can break through, it just ends up caught, It's, like, um, like, a ripple effect. It just ripples outward to uh, other people, too.
2: Another and, thing they used to say in the church is let your mess become your message. Mm-hmm. And I, like, think about those certain little things that they say, but I think about them now in this current spiritual journey and i think that right there is great you know yeah. what i mean i must be my message like i'm getting the chance to right now through you guys to you know whatever for somebody out there that's questioning themselves or whatever like be able to spread like i said in the beginning love and light and self-acceptance and all that beautiful shit yeah
1: yeah oh my mess is my life <laughs> my my uh, my mess message is exactly what we're doing right now mm-hmm. it's it's this it's our life work that we're doing mm-hmm. um push you into your purpose,
0: yeah. but'cause well we need these like dark moments to to grow and expand also like you know they talk about like how we evolve spiritually and stuff it's through those dark periods that we have that we persevere that ends up giving us the most spiritual like growth and evolution sometimes
2: I'm one to push somebody right into the shadow work just. <laughs>
0: you are you're doing your
1: shadow therapy right now
2: that's what's happening right now
0: (laughs) you do pull the shadow you really do to to like i don't know how you do it and then they're better off at the end but you're not afraid of well that as (laughs) i always
1: say that like you are one of those people who can see what's going on and know how to navigate that and to to pull that darkness out so you can see. Yeah. All connected.
2: You know, I used to say, like, time doesn't discriminate. I mean, something that happened to you when you were 11 can literally still be affecting you when you're 33 like it happened yesterday if it's that deep of a wound, you know. So part of that shadow work like, is accepting that it happened and, and moving on in some sense, you know, so it doesn't affect you currently. But that's all part shadow work.
0: <laughs> mm, wow. Like, inner child healing, to themes. seems. Mm. Um, I might have a question. This is, like, kind of on topic, but not. But I'm curious. So whenever we, like, do group meditations and stuff like that, you have a very high capacity to see things. <laughs> like, crazy visuals. Like, off the charts. I don't have this. I'm always jealous of everybody that can do this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know. It, it, it's always the males in our life. Yeah. Like, everybody... <laughs> Well, you know Sheila has a, a crazy visuals too.
1: But does she embody a lot of the masculine, masculine energy? She does, I...
0: yeah, she does. Um, she does. So, were you always like that, or did it get more intense as over the years, like over more recent years? I'm just curious. Like, is it something that you had dealt with as a child, and then, or did it did it seem to just kind of show itself more recently? Um, I,
2: jeez. I would probably say more recently, once I got into meditation, I usually and I don't know if it's because I can't clear my mind properly or what, but whenever I meditate, there's always some sort of color or visual or whatever. And so if we're doing a specific meditation like the Akashic Records, that was really the first time that I ever completely like was able to clear my mind. And I was like, whatever I see or feel or whatever, I'm just going to trust that that's what's happening and then it was just like wildfire like like i got an image and then the story just went from there so i actually think clearing my mind explodes the imagery mm, okay uh, so yeah it's definitely gotten stronger i don't think that i that it happened previously because i think i was too busy focusing on emotion <laughs>
0: mm, okay so it's just like a newer thing that's opened up how like do you um do you get any like auditory components when you go into those meditations or is it all very visual um i get
2: very simple audio it's usually just a word or a couple words you know like the the imagery that i can see i can hear like if it's like wind or water or whatever but if somebody comes to me like like the one time we were doing akashic records and my brother came to me and i heard him say something in his voice so it just depends on
0: on, on it on meditation wow that's cool it's cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm just always so curious about it because when I meditate um, it's black often uh, sometimes I if I go deep enough I will get visuals but it's always like some sort of like guide showing me something it's not every time it's not like a consistent thing that happens for me. Um, Now I get a lot of, like, downloads, that type of stuff. Um, Like, that cognitive feeling, like, sentient stuff's been more um, present. But I'm always, you know, envious, I guess, of people who get the visuals. And it's funny, because, like, I'm an artist. They always say that, like, I should be... you know theoretically able to get those but I I don't get it like that and it's cool because like the Akashic Records is an eye-open meditation and I remember the first time we did it and you got all those visuals I'm like his eyes were open
2: (laughs) (laughs) I, I again with like the I keep I don't know what I'm trying to say when I say this but like going through what I went through I felt like stretched me so internally emotionally and spiritually that To the point that, um, you know, just to backtrack for a moment, like my therapist called it splitting. So like I had the Christian me, the gay me, and I could be in a gay setting, having Christian conversations in my mind or in a, in a Christian setting and having the gay me conversations in my mind. It was like, I'd go to church and my body was there, but like my spirit would like go up this little spiral staircase into my head and like go off into a world of like imaginary whatever. And I guess maybe that was like a form of protecting myself. But um, I, I feel like I've stretched myself in capacity-wise to be able to do these sorts of abilities where I can sit here with my eyes open and I can see the physical world around me. But, like, I'm ninety ha- I'm nine 99.9% inside my head emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, looking at images and feeling things. Which uh, they say is a characteristic of an empath, which all of us are. and. Yeah. That reminds me of like when I first, like I said, blew open those gates from the Christian bubble and I was at the precipice of the universe before I knew anything about cord cutting, protection, black crystals, you know, protecting yourself in the ethereal, whatever, astral plane. And I was saying that I would believe anything. It's because I was like blown about in the ocean of spirituality. That's when I started having sleep paralysis. That's when I started feeling deep emotional fear all kinds of crazy stuff that that you know with the plants and the oils and the crystals and the talking to people and the spells has all been like organized more I know what to do to kind of calm all that down Mm -hmm. but um yeah you know when you're physically (laughs) stuck in your bed but uh mentally awake and you feel being standing over you and what (laughs) you're kind of like oh shit (laughs) you're, oh. You know what? You know what it is? <laughs> You're just ever. a very
1: powerful, powerful witch. <laughs> they oh me. Like, oh. <laughs> They're coming for Like, ooh. coming for me. Sleep paralysis is yeah. terrifying. Oh, so, God. Thankfully, I've never experienced that. That would that'd be the icing on the cake for me. I think I'll be tapped out if I have sleep paralysis. I'll be done. Like, I'm done with this. I got to go on a full spiritual retreat. I'm out.
2: <laughs> yeah, black shadow figure standing over you in the bed is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh but you know, you know what? Let let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, whenever I blew open those gates and whatever, I almost felt like those black shadows that kept coming back for me was all my old-ish mm. stuff. So like I'd get rid of it and it'd come back and I'd get rid of it and it'd come back. And um it was shadowy figures standing over me when I was like um in and out of sleep. Because we've been talking lately about how sleep's really difficult for me. Because right before I fall asleep, I'm, like, in between realms. And that's when, like, they're like, if we're going to get him, it's going to be right now. When like...
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny at all. This is terrifying. So
2: I almost feel like nothing comes for me during the day because yeah. I'm so souped up and ready for it. But when I'm trying to fall asleep, they're like, ooh. But um, so I specifically remember the one night I... Felt this dark presence. I salted the corners of the bedroom. I had all my crystals out, whatever. And um, I had saged the house that night because I felt like it was coming for me. And I do feel like it's some sort of dark spirit of doubt and self-hate and all of the, that cursing that people put on me through my life that that I used to believe was part of my reality, which it yeah. wasn't. It was only part of my reality because they made it my reality, like we were talking about before would come back because it would come and go. So anyway, I, I salted the bedroom, had my crystals, sage, the house, like get the hell out of here. And I woke up in the middle of the night, like out of nowhere, I wasn't dreaming nothing. I shot up out of the bed and I looked in the corner of the bedroom and I felt like for once every bit of it had condensed into the corner. And I looked in the corner of the bedroom and it was the blackest black I had ever seen in the center. And then it got less black as it came out. And it was not moving, but it was a a shadow. And I looked at it and I pointed to it and I said, you have no power here anymore. And I said, be gone. Mm -hmm. And then I fell immediately back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I haven't since seen that shadow or felt that shadow or questioned why i am the way that i am or what i believe or worry about my wrists or blah 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 it's gone and
1: you know what it sounds like to me i wonder if that was a physical manifestation of that like what you were saying or if it was an, a, a darker energy that was feeding off of that and you stopped giving it power i think it
2: i i think it was both i mean if 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 it's a physical manifestation of all of that stuff all of that stuff innately is spiritually a succubus of like what you're saying, it's one and the same.
0: Oh yeah. So we can get attachments that'll like feed us. So we're like vibrating low. We can get an attachment that will just keep feeding us that low vibration. So have you ever had um like those thoughts, like you're telling yourself this negative stuff, like no it'll never work. Or of course because I'm this or I'm that, like all this negative stuff and it's like it came out of nowhere. Those attachments are basically feeding you that horrible stuff. And the only way to get rid of it, I mean, there's, I'm, sh- you know, other people probably have techniques to get rid of it. But, like, as soon as you decide that you're not going to listen to it anymore, it won't have power. It can't, like, feed off of that because you're not vibrating low enough anymore. I don't know if that's what that is, but I know we get them all. People get them all oh, the time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have it because of your thought processes. You know, a lot of people I'll instantly go to, like, oh, your ego, your ego, your ego. And it is, yeah, but, like, you know, we talk about, like, our egos are something that you have to heal and cultivate. It's not something you get rid of. What you're getting rid of are, like, negative attachments, negative thought processes, stuff like that. You're supposed to heal your ego, love your ego, X, Y, and Z, in my personal opinion. Yeah. yeah. But um, we can't negate the fact that there could be something, attachments, or something else helping to perpetuate negative energy within
2: Absolutely. And it can be something as simple as a curse passed down mm-hmm. generation by generation. You know, like, why did my sister's friend's mother hate the femininity in me? Maybe her dad, you know, told her that this is how it should be because his dad told his dad because mm-hmm. his told his dad. You yeah. know not I mean? Generational, like, curses you pass down to children that they internalize. And like you were saying before with the religion, like, you know, you can hate the religion or whatever. You can also go the opposite way and be like, okay, I could have been like, don't stand this way, don't talk this way. And I could have totally become a product of toxic masculinity because Mm -hmm. I was so afraid to make any sort of a tiny feminine move. And like, that's a curse. That's a generational curse that's passed down to physically male-bodied individuals because Mm they act a certain way. And so I remember saying once, like the curse ends here. Like mm-hmm. it's I go, I'm not passing down that curse. It's done. Yeah. So, and it takes the sort of awakening and self awareness to realize that that's what's going on. Something as simple as somebody saying, like you know, I don't know, uh, whatever, <laughs> blondes have fun. So you know, a brunette thinks that they're not going to have as much fun. I mean, that's a dumb example, but you know, it's just like Doc. With the generality, is it, certain things because they are the way they are
0: yeah you just like choose to break that negative energy
1: i love how like way earlier into this podcast you mentioned how things from our childhood can affect us into adulthood we don't we don't realize that and that's why it's important to do the inner child healing like what steps did you take to to start on that path of the healing your inner child
2: my well i feel like my inner child uh was healing me all along like with the moments in the park with the music and stuff um i loved whenever i found that journal that i made in art class that 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 i had brought out and i was like i've never written in here and then i opened it and i was like wait a minute i did write in here and the quote and i made this book in 11th grade at like the peak of all the gay stuff the book said um what lies behind us and before us are small matters that what that lie within us versus what lies within us And I wrote that in 11th grade, so I found that quote at that time and was reassuring myself that what I felt inside was most important. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that was my future self helping my past self, Mm -hmm. but it's all like cyclical. And um, I feel like my, my inner child in my childhood age was healing my inner child. My adult self was healing my inner child. I'm currently healing my inner child. It's always like going, going, going. I don't think healing is something that really ever ends. You know, certain wounds will heal, but I don't feel like healing ever ends. So definitely, like, you have to face those difficult things. Give it a definition. I always feel like giving something a definition is taking power over it. So instead of just being, like, thrown in the waves of, like, a moment that hurt you, you can say, this is what happened. This is how I felt. You can point your boat in a certain direction and navigate yourself out of the storm. Mm. Wow. still The water but you're not in the storm
1: you mm-hmm. know that was so good oh my goodness see mm-hmm. so i mean you're doing your shadow healing on me right now
2: <laughs> well if i didn't make it out of the storm i wouldn't you wouldn't be able to hear me i wouldn't be able yeah. to do what i'm
3: saying
1: no. you know? it's not linear it's not it's never
0: over that's mm-hmm. for sure
2: no time yeah. to discriminate no you could yeah. spend 30 years in that storm
0: We're getting on to an hour now. Is there anything you would like to share with our listeners before we wrap it up?
2: Um, hmm. Don't doubt yourself. That inner voice inside is leading you to where you need to be. Just trust it.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being (laughs) on again. (laughs) We love you.